Happy Monday. Happy, happy, happy. Hello, humans. It's Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. How are you? Happy, happy first Monday of February. Yes, we are getting closer to warmer weather. I am so happy, um, but not happy enough because it's still cold. And um, we still have a ways to go before we will see little green things sprouting from the ground. But in the meantime, you have me for the next hour, hopefully. Um, you'll stick around with Ellie 2.0 Radio, where we talk about idealism and idealists, and I highlight idealists from past or present. And we have an incredibly good show. Um, and our theme for this is about idealists doing remarkable things for their times. Um, and so um, I'm going to share something with you about uh, um, going back to the Tulsa race riot that I spoke about in October. Um, and then um, later, after that is done, I'm going to be speaking. Our big interview is with Bill Doherty, one of the founders of Better Angels, which is working to close the red-blue divide in America. And at the end of the show, I'll talk more about my work. But let's start out with the um, very happy topic, and I'm being very, very facetious, of the Tulsa race riots. Now, I spoke about the Tulsa race riots back in October on an October show. Um, and just to remind you about that, the Tulsa race riots occurred literally over an 18-hour period from May 31 to June 1, 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In the span of those 18 hours, Tulsa was ripped apart um, in what had been a relatively tranquil city in Jim Crow South. So, I mean, we have to understand that, that Jim Crow was alive and well in Tulsa. But there was a 35-square-block area of Tulsa known as Greenwood. It was also known as the Black Wall Street of America because, remember, Oklahoma at this time in the early 20s, oil boom, um, some of that trickled to the black community in Tulsa, and uh, you had many prosperous businesses and very prosperous people living in the Greenwood section of uh, Tulsa. And then there was an incident in which uh, um, allegedly a, a black man and somehow assaulted a white woman in an elevator in downtown Tulsa. And the city was torn apart, literally overnight. It went from being very peaceful and tranquil on the evening of May 31 to by the noon hour of June 1st, uh, 35 blocks had been burned. Um, hundreds of people, many of them African Americans, dead. 10,000 people displaced. Hundreds of businesses, 1,200 homes burned to the ground. Hundreds of businesses, a school, a church, uh, many churches, a hospital, all burned to the ground by rampaging white people who were hell-bent on taking out their frustrations, their jealousy, because this was a very prosperous area of Tulsa, and whites saw that. And so, um, on June 1st, as the events of Tulsa were um, becoming well-known, somebody contacted the Red Cross in St. Louis. Now, you have to understand, in Tulsa, there were hospitals, but those hospitals refused to treat black people um, because of Jim Crow. There were relief organizations in Tulsa, but they refused to intervene because um, they were white-oriented. Even the fire department in Tulsa failed to respond. They were either um, because of racial indifference or the firefighters that were willing to respond were warded off by white men with guns. Luckily... Somebody did contact the Red Cross in St. Louis, where there was an idealist at the helm, a man by the name of Maurice Willows. Maurice was in charge of dealing with natural disasters for the Red Cross. Now, this was not a natural disaster. This was a man-made disaster. But that did not keep Maurice Willows from traveling to, uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma immediately, where he saw the breadth of the description destruction, come on Ellie, you can speak, um, caused by the rioting. And then Willows did something extraordinary. 
He contacted Red Cross National Headquarters in Washington, D.C., and for the very first time convinced them to mobilize for a man-made disaster. Now, again, this is Jim Crow South. This is, for predominantly black people, the Red Cross white person organization. And you had um, Mr. Willows um, saying, we need to intervene. We need to help these folks who have been um, uh, maligned, <laughs> way more than maligned. They've been murdered. They've been displaced. They are suffering. They're injured. So within 24 hours of Willow's call, the Red Cross had come. Uh, they set up a makeshift hospital and a school. And as the summer went on, uh, Willows helped the survivors find permanent housing. He went on then to help them secure $100,000 in funding to mount a sustained relief effort. Now $100,000 in 1921 dollars is several million dollars um, in uh, 20, uh, 2019 dollars. And he did this. You know, again, you have to understand the landscape. You had um, uh, Jim Crow South. You had black people having been horribly, horribly attacked. And what this did is this bolstered the Ku Klux Klan. It was on the rise generally in the early 20s, but this event, this this bolstered their ranks. This caused them to say, hey, look what we did. And so, of course, you have Willows in Tulsa trying to mount relief efforts for black people. Um, he was a white man. Willows was a white man. And you can imagine the amount of pressure that he was getting from uh, the white community over his work. Um, as a result of Willow's bravery, and as a result of him dropping a dime and, admit, and telling the Red Cross that they needed to come, that they needed to, be in, to intervene, the Red Cross turned out to be the only, let me under, underscore that word, let me put it in emphasis mode, the Red Cross was the only relief organization to come to Greenwood to help the 10,000 people who were survivors of a race riot. So um, maybe you might want to think about the Red Cross when you make a donation next time. Um, now, it's hard to find information about Maurice Will uh, uh, Willows. Uh, he is not um, in uh, Wikipedia. Uh, there, is, uh, there is no real biography for him anywhere that I could find other than at the and I should I should note that much of what I've been telling you about came from the Lowell Milliken Center for Unsung Heroes um, there's not a lot there I've, I've, what I have is from that center and I want to make sure but he later on wrote a book now he kept journals of what was going on he had he acquired documentation while he was in Tulsa so he was documenting what was happening with the relief efforts he was also documenting what were the causes how this rice riot occurred and and so um, and, and in conjunction with a another man by the name of Rob Hover um, uh, uh, Willows authored a book titled quote 1921 Tulsa race riot and the American Red Cross angels of mercy Unquote. That's the title of the book. You can find it on Amazon. It has no reviews. It does not look like the book sold very well, although <clears throat> several libraries have it. Um, uh, this book that I just told you about, 1921 Tulsa Race Riot and American Red Cross Angels of Mercy, is the only published, fully documented, first-person account of America's deadliest race riot. And this is important because... Um, and according now, I'm, I'm getting into the, Tulsa, uh, the history channel about the Tulsa race riot. This is important that this book exists because there was a determined effort in Oklahoma to remove any reference to the race riot in Oklahoma's official history. So the Tulsa Tribune, that was the newspaper partly egging people on, um, it removed from its archives of issues, it removed its issue from that archive for the day, day of the riot. Um, uh, the state police archives uh, for Oklahoma have removed reports and references to the riots. Um, and for more than 70 years, people in Oklahoma attempted to downplay what happened in Tulsa. And I mean, in fact, if you go to the Tulsa Fire Department official history spanning 
from 1897 to 2017, there is no reference to the 1921 race riot and fires that engulfed a large part of the city. So, an idealist, Maurice Willows, writing a book about his work in Tulsa is incredibly important. And just to kind of close the loop out here before I have to go, in 1997, uh, there was established the Tulsa Race Riot Commission, um, which included, uh, in part, finding unmarked graves of riot victims. Um, that, that commission, um, in turn, recommended restitution for victims, but that never happened. Um, there were the, in 2001, the Center for Racial Justice created the Tulsa Re- Reparations Coalition that did re- again recommend reparations to survivors. That didn't ha- happen. In 2004, a federal judge ruled that the statute of limitations precluded any kind of a private lawsuit today um, over the riot. But at least what we have is Maurice Willow's account of the riot and of what happened. He was a remarkable idealist who did a remarkable thing at a time when other people would not step up to the plate. That is what idealists do. That is what's needed at a time to speak the truth when things are wrong. When we come back, I've got a great interview with Bill Doherty from Better Angels talking about the great work that they're doing. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Sign up for my newsletter, The Ripple, or email me at lejkrug at gmail.com. We'll be back in a second. Hey, humans, this is me, Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Ta-da! I'm putting on another gray area thinking human inclusivity training, and I want you to come. It will be at Open Book on Washington Avenue in Minneapolis on Saturday, March 16th from noon to 2 p.m. You can learn more or buy tickets by Googling Eventbrite Gray Area Thinking or by going to the Human is Human page on my website at elliekrug.com. Again, this is on Saturday, March 16th. See you there. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and designed jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. My favorite meal of the day is breakfast, and for morning fiddles, I head to Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. My favorite is either the rib scrambler, scrambled eggs with ribs, portobello mushrooms, jalapenos, and pepper jack cheese, or the steak and eggs. My wife loves the pepper jack creamy grits and the stuffed avocados with poached eggs cradled in avocado halves. The kids love the French toast or the stuffed French toast filled with fruit and cream cheese. Top it off with coffee done my way from the Milton's coffee bar, and I'm ready for the day. Breakfast is waiting for you at Milton's, 36 and Douglas in Crystal. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Total Dog Company exists for people who are serious about their dogs. People who want the best nutrition and the best gear for their dogs. Total Dog Company's mission is to provide high-quality, practical food and gear for dogs and only dogs. Nothing frou-frou or frivolous. Nothing with suspect ingredients. No cat food or wild bird food. Totally dog. From head to wagging tail. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com.
AM 950, LD 2.0 Radio. Um, I've got to tell you, um, Maurice Willows, um, an incredible man and an incredible time. And remember, the theme of this show is about idealists doing remarkable things. And I am just thrilled for uh, the big interview now uh, to be speaking with uh, William Doherty, um, who is one of the founders of Better Angels. Bill, are you on the line? I sure am. Welcome to LE 2.0 Radio on AM 950. I am thrilled to have you here. I have been a huge fan of Better Angels and the work that uh, your organization is doing. And uh, I'm just thrilled to be able to have a chance to talk to you. So welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Thank you. So I'm wondering if, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about Better Angels? Because I, I know that the listeners on this show have some idea. I mean, um, we've had folks uh, generally on other shows, and I've had in a prior iteration of my work uh, somebody from here. But if you can give us – and I, what I'd love for you to do is to give the story about how it started. Yeah, yeah well, so Better Angels is um – a nonprofit, mostly volunteer-led, uh, with the goal of depolarizing America in this very difficult time. And it, it started um, just by happenstance. Um, about 10 days after the presidential election in, 19, or in 2016, um, a colleague of mine named David Blankenhorn was on the phone with another colleague, David Lapp from Ohio, David Blankenhorn from Upper East Side of Manhattan, and David Lapp from um, from Trump country in in Ohio, and um, they were uh, talking about what it was like there in on the streets, if you will. And David uh, from New York said it's like a funeral in the upper, upper, upper east side of Manhattan, and David Lapp said it's morning in America uh, in Southwest Ohio. <laughs> they were, uh, they were and, having a party. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, they decided just on the spur of the moment uh, to say, well, we, we have to get people together. And they decided to uh, to get uh, 10 Hillary voters and 10, 10 Trump voters from southwest Ohio uh, together for a weekend, uh, thir- 13 hours over a weekend uh, in early December. And, um, and they called me, and uh, I said, whoa, that's brave. Um, and um, I said, what are you going to do with them? And they said they didn't know. They were hoping I could figure out. <laughs> so that landed in uh, your lap. Okay. Yeah. And I, I remember sitting at, I was at the same desk that I am now, looking at my calendar, kind of hoping maybe I wasn't free. I, you know, it was like, uh, this was thrilling, but oh, wouldn't it be nice to have an excuse not to do it? Um, right. But I, I was free. So we got together, this group, and. When uh, Bill, let me interrupt you. How long after the election did this group get together? It was about uh, five or six weeks after the election. Okay, go ahead. And, um, you know, when we asked them why they came, why they gave up uh, Friday night, all day Saturday and Sunday afternoon, to come and meet with people who voted for the enemy, if you will, uh, they, they said, we can't go on with this hostility. We... we we have a we have communities to run. We have schools to run and roads to build, and we have to get past this enmity. Um, and uh, it was really it was quite powerful, uh, but it was a one off, and we just decided to do it. But this group said no, we have more has to come from it. Uh, so they 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 wanted a reunion. I flew back. We're just cashing in frequent flyer and miles, and uh, and and out of that reunion was this idea that, no, this has to go on, this has to be more workshops. They, they said, we, we have to form an alliance. And, and so that's how it was born. Uh, I came back to Minnesota um, and said, well, you know, weekend is going to be too much for a lot of people. So I designed a three-hour mini version and a one-day version and tried them out here in Minnesota. Um, the first one was in Egan. Uh, and those were, you know, not as powerful as a full weekend, but nevertheless pretty, pretty powerful. Uh, and um, with with the idea being uh, not to have people try to change each other's minds on policies or even what they think of say, President Trump, not to change the minds about uh, what, what their policies, but about each other, uh, to get past stereotypes and to see if they can find common ground. So since then, my goodness, um, uh, it just sort of uh, taken off. So we've had workshops in 32 states. Um, uh, we've probably had uh, almost 300 workshops now. I developed wow. skills workshops, so it's just bang, it's just taken off. Wow! And and uh, and and you and 
and this is all in less than a year and a half, literally, That's right. right? That's right. That's right. So, That's right. so I mean, well, right now we're we're two years plus uh, since the election, but uh, but Better Angels is going strong. And and what? Uh, well, let's back up now. Okay, thank you for that explanation. Can you talk about you? You uh, you actually teach at the U of M? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I teach uh, family therapy, <laughs> and, <laughs> which uh... is of course a great foundational. <laughs> A <laughs> uh, basis for this, right? Right, 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 right. Uh, so, you know, applying some of those uh, principles. And what I want to say is that, that the design of these workshops is, is one that encourages listening and learning and humility rather than debating and declaring. Right. And, and, uh, and, uh, and with, with this red and blue divide that we're having... Are you still finding, okay, now two years after the election, two years plus, are you still finding that people are eager to get past the divide? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, maybe even more eager because our country is, is uh, pulling apart. Um, for instance, this uh, next week, uh, we planned, uh, we were having a Better Angel State of the Union address by uh, David Blankon and our, our president. It's going to be in Washington, D.C., and broadcast around the country. We thought it was going to be two days after the State of the Union, the President's State of the Union. Now it's going to be the only State of the Union. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, um, okay. And, and the, the, thing that, the thing I want to say that's, that's really striking about this uh, movement is that the leadership is half red and half blue by design. The board is half red and half blue. It's a nonprofit. The leadership... I'm going to a Better Angels retreat next week after our State of the Union. There'll be 16 uh, leaders, again, half red, half blue. And so we're, we're, kind of, we, we're trying to practice what we preach and to work together uh, with people who, who differ from us politically. Okay. Well, and, and, and that's the only way to do it is, I mean, you have to model uh, the work that you're you're um advocating for so yeah yes. uh what um we're gonna have to take a break in a second here but uh, what are you finding about fatigue so there's the difference between being motivated about wanting to change our country and then there's the thing about being fatigued we're just worn out are you obviously are you finding that as well well i tell you after the kavanaugh hearings it was a little harder to recruit for workshops because people were just angry and worn out but they, they, you know, they recovered from that. There is tremendous uh, concern about polarization in the country, and so people are, are worn out, but but scared, and and that that's uh, and they want to do something. Okay. Well, when we come back from our break, I'm going to want to talk with you a little bit, for, um, a lot further about Better Angels. And then I'm going to want to talk with you about what makes you the idealist that you are, because there's no question that you are an idealist. So, listeners, we've been speaking with uh, William Doherty from the University of Minnesota, one of the founders of Better Angels. And um, uh, if you like what you hear on the show as we're highlighting idealists doing remarkable things, please go to my website at elliekrug.com. Email me. I love hearing from listeners at lejkrug at gmail.com. And, uh, and, and please uh, tune in. And, and when we come back, I'm going to give Bill an opportunity to uh, share website uh, information, particularly about this uh, state of the blue uh, of the uh, better angels. We'll be back in a minute. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of eatlocalminnesota.com. 
More than just a website, eatlocalminnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com the dedicated staff at Nightingale Restaurant take pride in presenting a thoughtful and delicious approach to food and drink, whether you're visiting for dinner, happy hour, or brunch. Their focus on made-from-scratch meals using sustainable and local ingredients is likely to make Nightingale your go-to spot for inspired food and drinks. Nightingale, Lindell and 26th in Minneapolis. What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763-504-3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance company. Companies. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. With the road trips we took in December, we're glad we took them in our Toyota Sienna. Whether they're family, friends, or get-togethers, the Sienna was always the most comfortable way to drive. Plenty of room for all the stuff we needed to take with us, the safety and reliability you get with a Sienna, the extras which make road trips easy, and the room to stretch on out. Rudy Luther Toyota Siennas are the most fun, safe, and reliable vehicles we've ever driven. Test drive one yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Back on AM 950 LE 2.0 Radio, I've been speaking with uh, William Bill Doherty from the University of Minnesota, one of the three founders of Better Angels. We've been talking about Better Angels. Bill, um, while I'm thinking about it, because I'm horrible at remembering this, uh, you talked about the uh, Better Angels having a State of the Union uh, State yeah. of Union address. When will that be? How can people plug into it? And how can people plug into Better Angels generally? Yeah, so it'll be this uh, next Thursday night, the, uh, the 31st uh, of January. Uh, and uh, they can go to better-angels.org, better-angels.org, uh, and learn about it there. Uh, we're a membership organization. It's the basic membership fee is $12 a year. Uh, we have uh, more people in Minnesota per capita than any other state in the union. Lots of things going on here. So better-angels.org. Learn about the State of the Union talk and uh, and become a member. And then, because this show is taped, um, other than on Facebook, uh, we might not be able to have people get it beforehand. But will the will the State of the Union of Better Angels be on the website that people will oh, be able to download absolutely. download that? Absolutely. Oh, that's absolutely. great. Okay. Yep. All right. So. So you are um, my theme of my show, and you fit into it very well. Is about you know idealists doing remarkable things, and better angels obviously is something incredibly remarkable. Um, uh, what are you? What you know? You you've talked uh, earlier about how people you know are. We talked a little bit about fatigue, but how people are just fed up with the division that we have in our country. On, you know, on the nitty-gritty, on the ground, how are you convincing people um, who are very decidedly red um, to talk to people who are very decidedly blue? How how are you getting to that? Can you tell us a little bit about the secret sauce? Well, the, the big thing is that we, we find uh, people on both sides. We find organizers. We find people... Uh, a red who cares about uh, this polarization in the country. And we find a blue who cares about it. And then, then they recruit their own people. Ah, um, okay. Okay. 
that, that that's that's the heart of it. Uh, so you have to find leaders, grassroots folks, the volunteers, and then they they go out and recruit others. Um, and um, uh, and then the other is we have libraries, um, uh, in library systems uh, locally, Ramsey County Library, uh, Dakota County, yep. uh, kind of, you know, they, they they sponsor workshops, and those are trusted institutions. Oh, so for sure. Will only they will only come. If, if if some trusted person or institution invites them, so you need neutral ground. That's right. Okay, that's right. All right. And are the are the librarians getting involved? I mean, are they attending the uh, the well, sessions? Uh, they're providing venues and helping to recruit. Okay. Okay. And so and then so give us some more. I mean, so you get people there. How are you getting them to talk to each other? Well, this is a big part of this. That we we have structured activities, exercises we have people do, and I'll just I'll just mention one. It's a classic small group communication thing called a fishbowl. So we flip a coin and see which group is going to be in the middle in chairs in a circle first, and the other group is in is in a circle of chairs around the the inner circle. And when you're in the outer circle, your job is to listen to a group of like-minded people talk about things that are important to them and learn about how they see the world and see if you can find anything in common. And and the two questions for the group in the fishbowl are, why are your side's values and policies good for the country? Are your side's values and policies good for the country? And then the second question is, what are your reservations or concerns about your own side? What are your reservations or concerns about your own side? And the first question allows people to uh, articulate why being a conservative, why being a liberal, um, why this is good for the country. Um, it, it allows them to talk about their ideals, their values, their beliefs. Right. And the second, the second question invites them to be humble. It invites them to be introspective about about problems with with uh, with their side. Okay. Uh, and, and then and then they flip and they switch and then around the circle afterwards, there's a two part question on the table, and that's all you can talk about at that moment. And the, and the two part question is. What did you learn about how the other side sees themselves? What did you learn about how they, how they see themselves? And did you see anything in common? Uh, and then we go back and forth between reds and blues, uh, answering uh, those two questions. I assume you have a facilitator that you're training oh. on how to do this. Yes, that's right. We train, we've trained uh, 300 facilitators around the country okay. to do this. And then, yeah. uh, and then just for our listeners, do you have sessions for just to train facilitators that they could find um, if they went to the Better Angels website? Yes, that's right. It's all online. Uh, the, all of the training is online. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. We require that people have a background in facilitation. Okay. Okay. So, so they, they have to, and, but I've designed them, I've designed these workshops to require modest level of facilitation skill, not high level. Okay. If you know, if it's like uh, superstars have to do it, it's not going to, it's not going to work. Uh, so yes, so they, they and they they follow the the, the process. Uh, and another exercise, uh, we have people ask formulate questions of the other side, questions of understanding and clarification, deepening questions, not gotcha questions. And part of what we learned in our first workshop is that people don't know how to do that. So we have the groups, uh, reds and blues, in separate rooms coming up with four good uh, questions okay. for the other group. Okay. Four so, good questions. So you're giving people the time to get through the chatter and maybe that's to get right. through the emotion and then filter that out to stuff that's productive. That's right. Exactly. Okay. So a couple of questions for you. One is, to what extent does commonalities come in here to play? Common, you know, part of my work is about talking about how we are all trying to survive the human condition, regardless of the color of your skin or your religion or LGBTQ status, that type of thing. So right. how, how much are you centering on commonalities of all humans? That is exactly what comes out. We don't go in saying you're going to find commonalities. But that's what happens. Uh, when, when they listen to one another, when they respond to questions from one another, good questions, right. inevitably what they say is we ha we share common goals. Yep. Uh, everybody around this table wants our children to be well-educated. Uh, everyone around this table wants to, uh, everyone to have access to good health care. There's nobody around the table who's against immigration. Um, uh, and, and so we, we, we share a lot of values and concerns for the country. Where we differ often is the, our means to get there. Right. But the key thing is, if I think you and I 
uh, cherish some of the same core values, um, well, we're, we're human to each other. We're not enemies of each other. That, and that, you know, and that's what I'm absolutely finding in my work. I mean, I personally believe, Bill, that um, in our political process, they're all missing the boat because what they should be talking about front and center is our kids. I mean, if, yeah. if we can just get our politicians to just focus on this is all about the kids, it really is. I mean, we're trying yeah. to leave them a country that they will be prosperous in. And if we can just center around that, I do. I mean, uh, you know, here's Ellie Krug, idealist, hopeless idealist, believing that we can get past most of our differences. Um, yes, yes. So, and so the other thing I want to add is that uh, out of some of these workshops come alliances. So we have one here in, in the Twin Cities. We have 23 of them around the country where people want to go further than the one-time workshop. And so these are groups of reds and blues that meet. They sponsor other workshops. They get into substantive policy discussions, uh, and they provide local leadership. Wow. Okay. Well, that's great. So in the time that we have left, I want to talk about you, Bill Doherty. Hey, my favorite topic. <laughs> well, great, and and so um, you're um, you, you you grew up in uh, on the East Coast in Philadelphia. Is that right? Yeah, that's okay. right. And uh, you know, beforehand, we you and I inter I interviewed you, and what what has made you an idealist? I mean, really, I mean, this is hard work. How'd you get here? Yeah, well, I I. Um I decided that back in the 60s I wanted to be a Catholic priest, and so I went to seminary as a young idealist. Uh, and then I kind of got radicalized during the uh, Vietnam War era and was part of the Poor People's Campaign in Washington, D.C., and so decided to take another route. And, and I, I wanted to become a family therapist because I wanted to be part of healing families. And at some point I realized that a lot of the stresses the families are under is, is stuff going on in the larger world, uh, and so it was. It was just sort of a, a logical next step to try to get involved in healing at a community level, uh, and and really just to be open to opportunities, um, uh, and doing doing my part. So you know, so if, if, if sometimes in my work with couples, I try to prevent unnecessary divorces, so that people don't feel like they have to divorce in order to be happy. Um, well, I'm involved in trying to prevent uh, a, a civic divorce in the United States. Oh my goodness! Uh, what a way to put and, it. Uh, yeah, and so it's just this is what I uh, I am fed by doing, uh, and so um, it's it's and and it's just a way to get up in the morning. Uh, and feel like I'm making some kind of difference in the world. Well, and and you you were doing some idealistic work before the Better Angels, weren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been involved uh, in uh, community projects uh, uh, locally here for some time with uh, immigrant communities and and uh, as well as uh, middle class communities. I mean, one of the things that I believe is that we we need the civic engagement and mobilization for everybody. Uh, and then, unfortunately, we talk about community organizing if it's, if it's just for a traditionally marginalized community. It's needed everywhere. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, so, you know, I'm involved with a, with a suburban school district now that's having huge problems between uh, conservative and, and, and liberals uh, in the schools. And it's the, it's the same principles, the same principles. So um, in the time we have left, let's talk about our democracy because yeah. – um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just one human, but I'm I'm scared to death for our country. I mean, where are we headed, Bill? Well, we are. And historians think uh, we're as divided as we've ever been since the 1850s, and we know what happened then. Uh, and uh, others have called it a cold civil war that we're involved in. Uh, and um, and and those of us who do not want to uh, uh, demonize uh, the millions of people who voted differently have to find a voice on this uh, uh, because we're in very deep trouble. And, and I agree with that. And then I just said that I was afraid, but I'm also 
uh, as I said, also a hopeless idealist. And I do believe in the power of Americans to come together. I do believe in the power that we all want our children to succeed. And we, and we have a unique country to allow people to succeed because of the way we're set up. If they work hard and get some luck and, and we have to, you know, remove some institutional barriers as well. But, but, um, well, I, um, I, 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 I applaud you and you and your colleagues and everybody at Better Angels for the hard work that you're doing. And I really want to just let you know, I am so appreciative of what you're doing. It is so incredibly important. Well, thank you. And um, just to return it a bit, as I've gotten to know your work, it's also incredibly important. And there are many of us. There are many of us uh, doing similar kind of work for the country right now. Well, maybe we should all have like an idealist convention, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's idealist and it's also pragmatic. And so I want to share a story of the, at, the, at the end of one of our local Red Blue workshops. Sure. An Afri- African-American man who was, uh, on, you know, was sort of a center-right uh, conservative. He said something that has really stayed with me. He said, Neither side is going to vanquish the other, and so we're going to have to figure out a way to to run this country together. So true, isn't it? It's just so incredibly true. We are all humans. We're all Americans. We all believe in democracy. We just need to do the hard work of preserving it, right? Yes, yes. All right. Well, Bill, I've just so much enjoyed uh, uh, talking with you. I've been, uh, and thank you for being on LE 2.0 Radio. Well, my, my great pleasure. And people can go to better-angels.org and find out about us and, uh, and join the movement. Yep. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Bill Doherty from Better Angels. Um, and uh, please go to their website and learn more about Better Angels. And um, when we come back from our break, listeners, uh, we'll pick up on my C-block talking a, a little bit about my work. So hang on, and I'll be back in a second. Thanks. Hey, humans, this is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Ta-da! I'm putting on another gray area thinking human inclusivity training, and I want you to come. It will be at Open Book on Washington Avenue in Minneapolis on Saturday, March 16th from noon to 2 p.m. You can learn more or buy tickets by Googling Eventbrite Gray Area Thinking or by going to the Human is Human page on my website at elliecrude.com. Again, this is on Saturday, March 16th. See you there. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Hey, it's Hunter from the brand new 4 o'clock program, the Minnesota Progressive Repartee. And if there's one thing y'all know that I always look forward to, it's a good party. And I couldn't be more excited for the 2019 Blue State Ball. Finally, a chance to celebrate the work we did destroying Trump and the Republicans and keeping Minnesota the true blue state. But come celebrate our victory with fellow progressives, radio hosts, and politicians at the 2019 Blue State Ball, Saturday, March 2nd at the Blaisdell in Minneapolis. VIP will get started at 5 p.m. with general admission at 6 p.m. I'll be there along with my Minnesota Progressive Repartee co-hosts, Doug Padgett and Brett Johnson, along with Matt McNeil, Ellie Krug, Robert Pilot, and the whole Native Roots Radio crew. Crew and many other AM950 personalities. Tom Hartman will be joining us, as well as a lot of exciting politicians and speakers. As always, the attire is blue jeans to ball gown, so let's party at the Blue State Ball on Saturday, March 2nd at the Blaisdell and celebrate the Blue Way. Tickets available now at am950radio.com. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth? Solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to All Energy Solar. So start saving today and visit allenergysolar.com. 
I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake Duroff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show Sundays at 1230. Every week we bring you insights on home financing, discussing rates, programs, local and national news. Whether you're buying your first home or your hundredth home, we have tips and inside information to save you money and feel like a mortgage master. Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. on AM 950, Ellie Krug 2.0 Radio. This is me, Ellie Krug, yours truly. Uh, William Doherty and his colleagues that created Better Angels. Um, remember, the theme is remarkable people, you know, idealists doing remarkable things for their times. What they've done with Better Angels is quite remarkable. It is in this time of division. And so with the combination of, of me talking with him and, and uh, Maurice Willows about what he's done that's been remarkable, um, I'm trying to think about what I'm trying to do, whether that is at all remarkable. And I need to start out by talking a little bit about how I do things. And, and you know, my, my approach in the world here, um, you know, it's very clear to me at age 62 uh, yep, that's how old. I don't like saying that, um, but I did. And at age 62, what is very clear to me is there are a couple of ways to go about doing things, a couple of ways about trying to change the world. One of those ways is about being on a soapbox and um, with a bullhorn and rallying the troops to change the world. I mean, to, to do things, to, to have marches, to be in the streets, all of that. And I, I applaud the people who do that. Um, although uh, last week you will remember I talked about my one attempt, uh, one modern t- attempt at least to, to do that and how it really didn't go very well for me. Um, but for the folks that do that, you know, and I'm, of course we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, Dr. King and his methodology for um, helping to create uh, positive social change, dramatic social change by marches and by being visible. And by being loud, absolutely. But then there's another approach, and that approach is to be kind of in the background, but writing and documenting about what is happening, about getting people to speak, um, to, oh, excuse me, to get people to think through the written word about what is happening and, may, and giving them time to reflect. Now, I, I, you know, I'm kind of a hybrid between those two. I'm not on a soapbox, but I am standing in front of a bunch of audiences training on human inclusivity. And my training about human inclusivity is what you heard Bill Doherty talking about, which is about finding our commonalities, about getting us to understand that we all want our children to succeed. Yes, I talk about that in my trainings. And so, um, but I'm also a writer. And so many of you uh, listening know that I've written a, a memoir, you know, which is not a whole lot about uh, trying to change the world. Although I hear from listener or readers who say, hey, Ellie, I read your book. It's made me see the world a different way. My memoir, Ellen, uh, Getting to Well in a Memoir about Love, Honesty, and Gender Change, available on Amazon, Kindle, Nook, and all that kind of stuff. I needed to just throw that in there um, because that's I needed to do that. So um, so I've, I've done that, but I also I write in other ways. Ways. So I write for Lavender Magazine. And there in Lavender, I do talk about issues. I talk about things that are going on as I interact with the world as a transgender person, but as I observe the world as a human as well and as an American. Um, soon I will be writing for Minnesota uh, Women's Press. Um, that's coming up, so look for that March issue. But I will also continue to talk about interacting with the world as a trans person, but also about how the world could be better if we were only kinder to each other. On top of that, I, I blog. And if you go to elliekrug.com, I have a page where I blog. Most recently, my blog was about the Covington Catholic School students um, interacting with uh, Nathan Phillips, our Native American um, uh, Marine veteran um, on the steps of the, you know, at the, at the foot of the uh, Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., so I talk about that in my blog. I talk about other things in, in my blog. 
On top of that, I'm also a Twitter user. I would love, listeners, I would love for you to start following me on Twitter because, you know, I'm I'm somewhat, I'm very measured um, in some of my writings because I'm very aware of how being strident, getting on a soapbox may cause people to become afraid to invite me to come and speak to them in person. And where I do my best work is when I am in person standing in front of audiences because what they do is they realize I am just like them. I'm just a human just like they are. Follow me on Twitter because you will get a sense. That gives me an opportunity to comment on things that are happening in real time. Listen, that was, that was a snap. Real time. And so my Twitter handle is at Ellie Krug. Again, at Ellie Krug. I would love for you to start following me on Twitter. Please do that. Um, and so, you know, uh, what I'm finding is when I can be in front of audiences, though, it is the best because I have a couple of hours to get people to get past this incongruity between my voice and my, you know, and my appearance. I mean, you're hearing a man's voice, but I guarantee you long blonde hair right now, not looking too bad for age 62. And so, um, but it helps, you know, me being in front of folks for two hours helps get them past that point to see that I'm a human just like the rest of them. And so I, where I do my work is best in front of other people. It's also important that I, you know, that people interact with me because sometimes I say the wrong thing, you know, and sometimes I, I really say the right thing. And sometimes I just don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively naive on many, many levels. So there you go. That's my approach. Trying to be, do something remarkable um, in this time that we have right now in our country. Um, I need to plug for for you. Um, Remember, coming up in about a month and a half on March 16th, um, from noon to 2 o'clock at Open Book in Minneapolis, I'll be doing my gray area thinking training, talking about standing in front of people. Come to the training. Um, You can find out about more about it by going to the website at elliekrug.com. Go to the Human is Humans uh, drop-down part of the menu. You'll see, see that. Or you can just simply Google Eventbrite Gray Area Thinking, and the tickets for that will come up. All right. I need to thank our sponsors, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis. Contact Bev. Let her know uh, that I sent you. She does incredibly great work. I need to thank uh, my producer today, Hunter Hawes. Hunter, you do great. Thanks so very much. And to you, my listeners, I I want to thank you. I hear from you from time to time, Krug at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. Um, and most of all, I love your attention. And I really appreciate that you allow me a few minutes every week to occupy a part of your brain. Go forward, be kind to people, and understand it's all in it together. It's not just walking.